welcome to another edition of the Hope Motivates Action podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Recknell, and it is my pleasure to introduce you to my friend, Tahir Dawoodi. Hello, Tahir. Hey, how are you doing, Lindsay? I am so excited to have you here. You have such a cool, cool story that I think will resonate with a lot of people, and I'm excited for you to share it. Um, let me tell our listeners here a little bit more about you. Um to her is a chemical engineer turned marketer. He is a father of three lovely daughters, a husband, and the founder of Vassar Optimization, and also a geek at heart. He has lived in India, Dubai, the United States, and is now settled in Canada. So good. So good. And I know that a lot, uh, a big part of your story is all of these moves and your family. So, mm-hmm. um, could you share with us your story of how you use hope to motivate action in your life? Sure. So, yeah, you know, it, it, is, it has been a long journey and the journey is still continuing. Um, but just let's just talk about the move from the U.S. to Canada. Um, I was living in New York for 12 years and um, I was going through the whole work visa process, you know, to get a green card and everything. And then. Um, it was, uh, I think, around 2017. Yeah, it was 2017. And then uh, in February, we find out that uh, uh, my wife is pregnant with twins and we we're like all happy and everything. And then uh, March rolls around and, you know, we're going to these doctor's visits and the doctor's like, uh, there might be a few complications over here. So, you know, we just had to go in for a weekly kind of um, uh, sonogram right after that. So that was good. Um, but then as March came to an end, I found out from my company that they actually um, dropped the ball on getting my visa renewed, uh, my work visa. So I was actually going to be out of a job in like five days. Um, and then because of my wife's pregnancy, uh, they were able to transfer us over from, from a work visa to um, some kind of a medical health related visa and we were just able to stay there uh, and get that continuing care right um, in the u.s so that happened and then i was out of a job towards the end of march and then the twins were born in june and all of this time i had no idea when i was going back to work um, and then i just i just sat down and i just you know started to think it over i'm like okay there's an end in sight to this but what does that end really look like, right? Um, I kind of ha- was going through this motion of making up my mind that I need to be in control of at least at least you know, be in control of my destiny. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a believer, right? Uh, like a person of faith in that in that sense, right? So I know like life happens, but. If I'm in control of it, I can at least be like, okay, these are my decisions, and this is why it led to this point. But in that in that situation where I was at at that time, I just felt helpless, right? Um, so after they were born in June, um, they were in the hospital for another three months after that. So they were in the NICU for three months, and you know, again, just the way the world works. If I was not out of a job. I would not have been able to support my wife through that period. Um, I would have had to go go and work, and I don't know how we would have managed that. So, again, now hindsight, right? 
it just seems like everything was just moving according to plan and everything was just a piece of puzzle, right? And that is when I decided, I said, all right, in June or something uh, around that time, I decided, I said, I need to have my own vehicle for, for my uh, freedom, kind of you know, financial freedom, right? And that in itself, now that I look at it, that that is kind of the the end goal that I was looking for. So after they came back home in like August or September or something, um, I found this company. I started going around asking people, you know, what can I do for you? Uh, any small business owner is like, I just do any marketing for you, right? I've handed out flyers. I've gone, you know, cold calling, everything. And then I kind of came over to this niche. But that part was really pivotal and me understanding that I need to get out of this kind of a mindset where I'm kind of depending on uh, all inputs from the outside to say what my life is going to be. And I just felt, if I put it in your terms, right, I, f- I felt hopeless at that time, right? I was like, I don't know what the end is going to be after this. So uh, that in that whole period, we also filed, uh, my wife is Canadian, so we filed, uh, you know, immigrate to Canada. And then the year after, um, in 2019, uh, we actually, you know, packed up everything and we moved to Calgary over here. Her, her parents are here. And that was our ray of hope, right? Uh, like we had family over here also. Um, that could be our support system. Uh, we knew when we land over here, we have somebody to take care of us at least for the first few months, not a completely new land and place. Um, and then that, you know, so coming from the US to Canada, that has been the biggest uh, uh pivotal moment in my life that I always keep talking about, I always keep telling, you know, even uh, other younger uh, entrepreneurs or just other younger generation people that I meet, uh, it kind of sounds like such a cliche to tell them, you know, go after your dreams, be passionate about what you want to do. But that is the truth is I went after what I wanted. And at the end of the day, I find myself where I am right now. So cool to hear you speak. Um, words that come to mind are resilience intention and compassion that's like as i'm listening to your story i just those are the words that kept coming up in my head because i mean you're you started this particular story in 2017 but i suspect that you know from the minute you were born until 2017 you had similar situations come up for you that you you know yep. uh built more resilience through to get you to this place and then now you've got this uh, lovely family and you have an older daughter as well, right? So you had your yes. your wife and your daughter and then the twins who are uh, not well in, in the hospital for a long, long time, um, losing your job. My God, no visa. Like, whoa. <laughs> so let me, let me also add in there. Let me also add in there. There was, there was a day that I remember um, we were supposed to be, uh, probably first or third of the month or whatever, we were due for rent and our rent check had just gone out. And that same evening, we were going to the hospital and my my older daughter, she saw McDonald's and she was like, oh, can we stop to get uh, one of their softies? 
And I still remember that day, I had to actually turn back to her and tell her, we can't afford to get a softie right now because I had no idea what is going to happen. Like, I mean, it just shivers down my mind to even think about what that must have been like for you, uh, you know, a proud, successful guy who's had this great career as a uh, engineer and 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 in marketing, and then all of a sudden, all of these things that are outside your control to happen to you. Mm-hmm. Many, many people would just cave, <laughs> you know, just turtle, so to speak. Um, it's very, very cool to hear your. To, to hear your resilience through all of that. I won't, I won't lie. I did cave, right? I did, I did go back. It was, it was uh, very scary at that mm-hmm. point in time to say, I'm going to, you know, move over from what I've studied academically mm-hmm. and I have like a nice corporate job or at least there was a hope of that I'm going to ha- get it back, right? I don't know <laughs> yeah. when, but I'm going to get it back. <laughs> um, and to just say that I'm going to leave that. And I still, I remember my wife also being very, very, you know, nervous. And she was like, what are you doing? How are we going to sustain ourselves? And I just did not know any other way out from it. Yeah, very cool. Um, so that whole concept of uh, taking control of what you can control. So Longtime listeners of the podcast know that my definition of hope uh, is about the future being better than today by taking action over the things you can control. I mean, and you are you are living the definition of hope for me, um, right? Like the intention that um, I hear behind your words to recognize a that you don't want to be in a situation where there's so much out of your control or so much so much out of your control, but also so much that you feel like you can't, that you, you can't even get control of, um, mm-hmm. the intention behind that. Have you always been that guy? Like, you know, if you could think kind of growing up, or have you always been that, um, intentional? I think so. I, I, th- I think it was always there within me somewhere, somewhere or the other. Right. But Somewhere along the line, as I was progressing through my corporate job, especially, um, I was told many times that, you know, like kind of the, I'm doing my air quotes right now. It's like, it is what it is. What are we going to do about it? I heard that so many times over and over again. I hate that. And Exactly, right? And, uh, you know, another big call out to one of my um, uh buddies who we used to carpool right we used to carpool together and uh somewhere around that time 2017 2018 he was also going through the same phase but we would not tell each other because we were so afraid that the other one is going to go and tell the other person's manager that this is what they're thinking of right so uh but then we kind of opened up and this one day i was listening to a podcast by tony robbins and he was like wait do you also listen to all of these people i'm like yes so, you know, all of those things um, started to come off. It was like a brainwash that had happened in those eight, 10 years. And then the two years after that, when I decided. So, you know, coming back to kind of your question, I think I was always intentional. I knew um, even when I was uh, in India, let's say growing up through from grade six to 10, even before that, I would always tell uh, my parents, I was like, 
I'm I I'm going to go to the U.S. someday. I'm going to go to the U.S. and you know finish my master's over there. So I yes, there's intention behind that. I think I lost it. Which I also think is a fairly common story, right? We as kids, we have dreams and hopes and plans for the future, and then mm-hmm. reality kicks us in the butt, and we go, <laughs> "Oh, this is easier. We'll just keep doing this because it's the devil we know." And then you know, something something pivotal happens mm-hmm. that flips us on his butt, and say, "Okay, enough is enough." Like my mental health counselor says. When the tolerable becomes intolerable, that's when you'll make a move. Um, yes. Right? And it feels like that's the moment that uh, that happened for you. And you know, the, the, the point that you just made, like the easy, right? The easy path is 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 the key word over here. Uh, you know, so many of us just start a day that easy path, the path of least resistance. And we don't realize we act, it's actually taking us away from what we want to do. Yeah, it it really is. Um, because it's not only easy, but it's what we know, right? The mm-hmm. taking the chance into something unknown is scary as crap. <laughs> yes, like you know, a lot of times you would again where we were carpooling, we talk about this. We'd be like, This is this is easy, right? Just get up in the morning, you don't have to think about it. You're wearing the same shirt, the same pant, probably right, that you have in your wardrobe, you're getting into your car. You know, it is whatever, like six o'clock in the morning, you're driving, carpool, you're commuting to work, you're going to work, checking your email, coming back five o'clock, switch off your laptop, whatever it is, and you're done, right? So that is a kind of your easy life is laid out over there. Yeah. Um, what part of this story would you want your daughters to pick up on? If you're thinking <laughs> about... What you want them to learn as the moral of dad's life story, what would you want them to know? It's not just this story, honestly. Um, Like every day, I want my daughters to know that I can afford, not just from a financial perspective, right? But from even a mindset, a health perspective, I can afford to uh, do what I want to do. So my daughter, uh, the the older one, she see me, you know, go to work in New York. And when we came over here, she was very confused. She's like, Dad, wait, aren't you working anymore? And I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm actually working, right? I just I just work from home now or I have my own schedule. I go meet my clients when I need to go meet them. And she was, she was confused for a good six, eight months. Um, and actually now when somebody does ask her like what your father does, her answer to it is like, oh, he is an engineer. He used to work for Pepsi and he just works now. Like she does not actually know that kind of like what I'm like, what do I actually do? Right. My father-in-law said the same thing to me yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) But, and and that's the part of the story that I want her to understand that you can go out and do whatever you want to do, you know, just, just go. Right. And, and there's, there are people who will support you, you know, Um, I'm not going to take this away from anyone. There have been mentors in my life who have supported me not just financially, but even from a mindset perspective. When I was going to business, they taught me, they sat me down. They were like, you need to think about all of these things from all these perspectives. Um, and it's funny that you, the three words that you use, you know, uh, um, intention, compassion, uh, and I forget the third one right resiliency. now. Resiliency. Um, resiliency, right, right. There you go. So 
um, I've been to some of these, you know, trainings like Landmark, Pinnacle, all of those, right? And there's one training, the self-awareness training that I went to. That's, uh, they actually ask you to say what kind of a person or a leader you are. And the two words that I did choose from it were uh, compassionate and um, intentional. Those were the two words I did choose from it. Get out. Right? The third one was some, like, something else. Like I don't even remember. But, but that just goes to show that that resonates with me. Well, and it comes through in your language, in your character. I mean, you and I have, are just getting to know each other. And that was what was coming up for me. That's very cool. We did not script that PS, by the way, people uh, listening. We did not script that. I did not send it to you. I did not send it to you in the chat. <laughs> no, but that's so, so cool. Um, so, and, and I know that you're, you're, I've known in the past that you're into um, personal development books and reading uh, inspiring authors and things like that. Is there is there what who who do you recommend the most when people say to me say to you to her who have you <laughs> learned from who do you recommend the most napoleon hill oh think and grow rich yeah why tell me more <laughs> um so again the carpool thing you know we used to listen to that audiobook it's like a four-hour audiobook on youtube and me and my buddy, we still talk and we still joke about it because every time a page turned in it, there'd be like this editor's note. And then this was updated. But we would sit through this and we would, we would literally be listening to it. And every five or 10 minutes, we'd pause it. And then we'd talk to each other. We'd be like, wow, look, you know, this is what this guy said today. And this is how we need to start thinking about it. And the I think the first chapter in that book is faith. If I'm not mistaken, it's it's faith. It's it's literally telling you, you know, not not from a religious perspective. And I think it even spells it out in the book that the, the, the Napoleon Hill is not like. I'm not asking you to have faith from a religious perspective. It's just believe, right? Just believe in yourself. Believe that if this thought came to you, this thought can be manifested. If it could not be manifested, then it would not have come to you. That's kind of the thinking behind it, right? So. That has been, oh yeah, that Napoleon Hill by far has been, uh, you know, the author that uh, it's just changed everything for me. See, I read a lot and I haven't read that one. It's on my list, but I haven't read that one. I am ashamed to admit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I definitely have to get on that. It is a a very cheesy title if you think about it, Think and Grow Rich. (laughs) But I mean, like... It has been around for a gajillion years. There's clearly something to it. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, the books like The Secret and all those things. I, I will not lie. You know, I'm on your podcast right now. And there are other people listening. So <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, I I thought all of this was just hocus pocus. I was like, none of these things exist. Like, you know, these people are just trying to make money off of you and all of those things. And lo and behold, I read this book put some of those principles into action. And I was like, no, this is true. The law of attraction exists. And even for the people who don't believe in it, it does exist because that is really what you're attracting. It's so interesting because that word manifest has come up so often in the last little while. And I also think it's cosmic woo-woo. So totally with you on that. (laughs) Um, I will tell you also that four years ago, I was not as enlightened as I am now. So I am getting there. I am trying to, you know, (laughs) 
you know, my sisters will tell you that I am uh, not into the fluffy stuff, but I'm trying. Um, but it's interesting that word manifest has come up a lot. And I, my current interpretation of it is just that, um, you know, intentionally creating that vision for the future. Um, you know, taking, continuing to take action, seeing those doors, those doors of opportunity when they are there, like, um, cause often opportunities will show up, but we won't notice, or we won't walk through that door or whatever. Um, you know, so it's just paying attention to those opportunities and then actually taking them when they show up, right? taking right. the risk or, or whatever. Um, that's kind of my definition of manifesting these days. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and I, I agree with you over there because um, I also, when I talk to people and when I use some of this language, they kind of just, you know, run away or just back up and be like, oh, this is another guy who's just talking about all these, you know, fluffy things. Uh, there's a caveat to it. So the, the thing is that I'm a realist by nature. So, right. So when all these things come, like I, being an engineer, I'm very blue red uh, in my personality. So I look at numbers, I'm like, go do, look at numbers and go do kind of thing. But having said that, manifestation for me is more like a, you know, a realistic manifestation. So let's say if if I'm making $100 today, I'm not going to sit down and be like, I'm manifesting that I'm making a million dollars tomorrow. That's not realistic, right? To me, at least. And if if I'm not in, 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 in line and in sync with my own subconscious, if, if there's my own subconscious telling me, oh, that's never going to happen. You're not going to go from 100 to a million. That's never going to happen. So that's the realistic side coming out in me at that point in time and saying, okay, there's some time for you to go and actually get that um, that thing that you envision, but there are steps, right? So that is kind of my take or my definition on you know manifestation is uh, also putting a realistic filter on it, right? Putting that filter on it. Yeah, yeah. I I think we're well aligned there. Uh, absolutely <laughs> well aligned there. Although I would like to make a million dollars tomorrow. So if anyone's listening and has some to spare. We are yeah. manifesting that. P.S. Is it is it okay to give out my bank account number right <laughs> yeah. now? So <laughs> yeah, one of those money transfers would be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing, amazing. Uh, so I know that your lovely wife is now uh, becoming an entrepreneur, which yes. is very cool. I'm very excited for my baked goods tomorrow. By the way. Oh, thank you, thank you yes. for supporting. Actually. Oh, I'm. Are you kidding? Delicious baked goods? How could I turn you down? Um, so is this a new thing for her? Entrepreneurship? Not really. Oh. Uh, entrepreneurship is kind of, yes, but the idea and the concept, again, has always stayed with her for the past 10, 12 years since we got married. She tried to get something off uh, in New York, but we just did not have enough time, not put enough effort behind it. And that is one of the things that's coming up for her right now is, yes, we're going in, we're doing this. And she's just feeling anxious. She's feeling a little nervous, you know, just putting it out there and being like, what if this does not happen again? Right. Um, So yeah, entrepreneurship is kind of new for her in that sense, but not the concept of what she's doing right now. Or what if it's awesome? And what if it is awesome? Exactly. uh, Not what if. 
when when it's awesome. awesome. Totally. Totally. Um, but that's another cool thing that, um, your girls will get to see is their, their parents, you know, um, fulfilling their dreams and, and learning how to run their own businesses. I mean, you guys are modeling this hopeful behavior out loud for your kids. So cool. Yes. When you put it that way, (laughs) because (laughs) <laughs> because sometimes I'm also working at like 6.30 and 7 in the evening. And that's something that I want to cut down um, because I'm kind of always kind of catching myself and being like, am I giving in a family time? So that's that's going to be my next step, right? And then this whole journey, uh, that's, that's that wheel of life, you know, as, as some people call it. Um, that aspect, I feel like is is being neglected by me. And that's going to be my next step. Very cool self-awareness. Um, one of the things that I've always admired about you, even in the short time we've known each other, is it's obvious that your family and your kids are your number one priority. I mean, you the very first time we ever connected was on a walking meeting because you were on a date with your wife and you had you know, <laughs> sent her shopping or something so that you and I could have a quick connection. And then you went back to be with her. Like, could there be any more work-life integration going on there? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, again i'm very grateful that I, I i get to do that i think that was a weekday and it was the afternoon so again if i were at my corporate job would never have imagined doing that not to say again you know honestly whoever is listening not to say that you know um that you should just quit your corporate job right now ah, no you know that's not what i'm going with that 10 years afforded me to live a life uh, for the next year at least where I was not um, you know, having enough of cash flow from the business, right? So those 10 years actually afforded me. So very grateful to each and every part of the journey because that helped me get to where I am, right? So yeah, in, 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 that, in that vein of thought, again, very grateful that I can afford to do that and I can get to do that. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, there is one question that I ask all of my guests at the end of the show. And that is to her, what gives you hope? My my daughters, honestly, the, the three of them, just, just looking at them every morning, my, my older daughter, she'll come in every morning and she'll just be like, morning cuddles. This, this is the definition she has. She's like, morning cuddles, morning cuddles. I remember not, not being able to do that to my own parents because they were out working when I was growing up. Remember her not being able to do that when I was out working, but now that we can do that, that you know gives me hope. It's like it keeps me motivated, gives me hope every day to say, this is what I'm working for, right? It's not the million dollars in the bank. Uh, you know, as MasterCard says, right? You can't buy happiness, so, which is very true. You can't, but but I can buy some of the instruments and the gadgets that can make me happy. So <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's entirely true. <laughs> That's right. You could buy the experiences and that's kind of the same thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is awesome. I well, hope that I hope that anyone who is listening that has gone through similar things um will take will will hear some of the here's some of the actions that you took and some of the intentions and confidence that you have in yourself and your family um to really make the choices to create the life that is focused on what you value most and, uh, and, you know, recognize that they too, with 
a lot of planning and a lot of action can also get to that place uh, that you find yourself in for now. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure that life will continue to change for all of you, but uh, it feels like it's in a pretty great spot right now and you're enjoying enjoying your girls where they're at. And that's a very hopeful story. So thanks for sharing it with us. My pleasure. My pleasure. And thank you for having me on the show. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Hope Motivates Action podcast. These episodes are a labor of love. Inspiring conversations with hopeful people make my heart happy. If you also love this episode, it would be amazing if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Five stars if you're into it. It's these reviews that encourage Apple to promote this podcast to their network. And the more people that listen, the more hope we can spread into the world. Don't forget to check out the show notes of this episode to find all the links to my guests, books, and other resources referenced in this episode. You'll also find the link back to my website where you will find additional support and resources for you, your team, and your community. I truly believe that the future will be better than today by taking action over the things we can control. And hearing from these guests on these episodes, I know that even more hopeful future is totally possible. I'm always looking for inspirational guests, so if you or anyone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. You can find me on the contact form of my website at expertinhope.com or by email at lindsay at expertinhope.com. When I was a teenager and my sisters were leaving the house to go out for the night, I always made it a point to remind them to call me if they need me. It was my way to tell them that I cared and would always be there for them. I'd love you to know the same, so all of you listening out there, call me if you need me. Again, thank you for your love and support of this podcast, my work in hope, and your intentional focus on making your future better than today. After all, hope without action is just a wish.